Exhausted fathers vent quietly about PvP so that their pregnant wives don't get angry. My name is AJ, and with me today is John, aka JR Honda, aka Mr. Business. How are you doing, John? I haven't heard your voice in so long. Shh, AJ, not too loud. Okay. They're gonna hear us. Okay, I'm not gonna fall for this. You're trying to get don't, me to shout so that I wake her up. I'm trying to get you to be quiet. So our very, very pregnant wives don't get angry with us. Make you're us go to, cook pasta. You're trying to make me go cook pasta, interrupt the recording, <laughs> so we start all over again, aren't you? Uh, I got to tell this story. Yeah. So uh, one night, uh, one of our previous episodes, I don't remember which one it was, but uh, I just, we're in the middle of recording and AJ looks like very urgently into the camera because we, we do video chat when we record these. And he looks very seriously and he goes, hey, hey, John, 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 I'll be right back. John, I'll be right back. And I'm like, okay, okay, no problem. Uh, you know, we'll just clip this out and we'll, we'll go from there. And then he comes back about maybe uh, 15, 20 minutes later and he goes, sorry, my wife, uh, she needed some pasta like right now. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like sweating and everything. <laughs> so but yeah no uh we're both uh very tired fathers of young toddlers with more babies on the way so uh sorry that we haven't had a new episode in uh a couple weeks but uh we're back at it and uh what are we going to talk about today okay so today we'll be going into current events no shortage of that in the pokemon go world We'll be talking a little bit about Ghastly Community Day. There's a cool GoFest poster that Niantic has teased recently. The rocket takeover that recently happened and much more. We'll talk about some controversy, uh, favoritism in PvP and the little bit of drama episode that we've had in the past few days. We'll do a very fun deep dive into Fire Punch Groudon, which I've enjoyed a lot in Master League GBL, and then we'll talk a little bit about Metagross in Premiere. Uh, Caleb Peng will be joining us for the Coach Spotlight this week, and we'll do a, another edition of, and I hate saying this every week, but AJ's Alphabet. As we usually do, we'll close up in the Speculation Station, talking about Shadow Mewtwo, among some things. Speculation Station about Shadow Mewtwo? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, there's going to be a lot of jokes this episode. Me and AJ haven't had a chance to talk in a while. We've been very busy, so uh, y'all are in for a treat. So without further ado, let's get into it. I hate Master League and Premier Cup. Really? I thought I liked I thought I liked Premier Cup. But I I don't know. I don't know what has happened. 
I was doing well. I was almost to 2,700. And then suddenly I was back at 2,100. And now I'm back up to 2,500. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just hoping for the final weeks of the season to be able to maybe grind out some great league and climb in the rankings. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. So during Ultra League, I just got fed up and I really wanted some of that reward action from the rare can the boosted rare candy and the TMs and all that. And I mm-hmm. just intentionally tanked down to, I think I was like 1100. And so got a bunch of rewards and then I got bored of that. So then I've been slowly going back up and I think I'm back where I started. I'm around 2,500 or so. So it wasn't that hard to get back to it. I think it would have been with ultra league though. Master League, I much prefer, but I think it has to do with just having the options, to be honest, because if you don't have like that Dialga or, you know, Melmetal or Groudon, stuff like that, it becomes far less enjoyable. So I know you've talked about this before, but remind me if the Dialga that I have does not have 15 attack, it's not worth it, right? Yeah, so there's a break point and a bulk point with Dialga. And so if you have the best buddy, um, you really want the 15 attack because what happens is the dragon breath, it's a one-turn move, right? So it's a very spammy move. And I'm, I might botch the number, but I'm pretty sure it's like from four to five. And so four to mm. five damage might not sound like a lot, but if it's a spammy move, um, you're, you're, yeah. you're increasing the damage by, uh, what? 25%, right? And so uh, that is absolutely huge. And you can basically farm other uh, dragon, other uh, Dialgas down, and you're in a very nice spot and equal shields or even at a shield advantage. So, yeah, I, I just wouldn't invest in terrible or, you know, sub 15, 15. Yeah, we 15, did a 15, 15, uh... 13 or something like that. I, it would be my threshold. Yeah, we did a uh, a COVID friendly raid train for raid hour yesterday in uh, in Cahaba Heights uh, here in Central Alabama, and uh, we're all in our separate cars. And after the first raid, I'm sitting there catching my uh, curum, and uh, my buddy Brett rolls down the window and he goes, "So, what do you want to trade?" I'm like, "What are you talking about? We're about to do more raids." He's like, "We just hit lucky friends." And so he wanted a Reshiram. He's still looking for a Hundo Reshiram, and I still don't have a good Dialga. Traded. I got a 98 Lucky 14-15-15. And yeah, I, that's a bummer. That's yeah. a bummer. I don't think I'm going to invest in it. I think I'm just going to hold out because I, I really don't want to invest in it until really until I get the Hundo, honestly. I just I feel so like the you, investment... If you best buddy it, it will normally be performing just like a, a perfect Dialga, but mm-hmm. I think it's easier for other Dialgas to get to a breakpoint against your 14 attack. Yeah. So it becomes less of an advantage, but um, against like the, the mirror best buddy, it's not that big of a deal. Like if that's something you're worried about, but it is a huge investment for something that might not perform as well as the coveted hundo best buddy. Yeah. 
Well, enough about that. We'll talk more about that in the deep dive. Um, there was a really cool new poster that came out about GoFest. What did you think of that? Yeah, so like a lot of a lot of opinions, especially about the Megas, right? We have Mega Lucario's on there, Mega Mewtwo Y's there in the background, uh, Mega Charizard, you know, and, and you see the little symbol there for the uh, Mega Evolution as Mega Lucario is evolving. And it looks like one of the characters there has... I guess it's a mega stone or a, some kind of watch or something that they're pointing toward to. So it's, it's the mega bracelet, mega bracelet. Yeah. Is that what they use in the main series? I, I think that's what it's called. Uh, I'm going to defer to my friend Kylo on this. He knows much more about that than I do. All right. Call uh, him so up. Ky- yeah. Kylo, um, please correct us after the fact, but I'm pretty sure it's called the, the mega evolution bracelet or something like that yeah but it's well, basically in the games or, or or like in the main series you would watch and they would have a it's it's like a bracelet or a watch and then they would get the different stones and you would have to put that stone in there and then it would react with the pokemon to make them mega evolve yeah so um, i i don't know i don't know how that's going to play out um I would think that it's an item and then, you know, we go back into what we speculated on before of how are they going to handle uh, all the different mega evolutions? Are we going to have to collect the stones? Uh, is it going to be something different? I personally, I have a sneaky some suspicion. I think that it will require stones and I think that it will, it may be by type or it may be by generation. So we could have a Kanto Megastone or a Fighting Megastone. I don't know. I think they've got to make it more than just, hey, Mega Evolutions are here and you get to use them now. Um, I think for, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. But um, uh, that's what that's what I think. Um, one thing that was one, pointed out on Twitter, uh, if any of you followed, trainer tips nick he was sort of reminding people that in previous GoFest posters there were some things that were teased but not actually introduced during GoFest. so it's totally possible that we don't get megas for GoFest itself right yeah i i think we definitely will not get the gen 6 starters uh as much as i loved to see those i, I still think that will definitely be uh, either later this year or maybe not even until next year. Um, I'm I'm very excited about Finnegan, Team Finnegan all the way. Uh, you Froki and Chespin lovers, you need to learn your stuff. Uh, I, I I mean I like Greninja and all, but I'm telling you, Finnegan is where it's at. Del Fox is awesome. I don't really have much of an opinion. I don't know any of those, so I'll have to How do some you, research sir? and then find out why John is wrong, and then I'll, I'll no. use you appropriately. Uh, July 19th is just around the corner. Gassy Day, I mean, Ghastly Community Day is uh, approaching. We'll finally get that awesome Shadow Punch Gengar, right? And it's going to be available for Master League. It's going to be available for all the leagues. So that's awesome. Just like I was saying, you know, 
Gasly is the best for Community Day. So I wish they would have voted it first, but hey, at least they voted it second. So we'll be able to use our really cool game really? Do you really think it's going to make that much of a difference in Master League or Premier Cup? It's a spice. So, you know, like you use Perserker and you rave about it and it can fit in a team where others can't, right? So it's a steel type that has foul play and close combat. Nothing else has a comparable moveset. Uh, Gengar is a ghost type. Uh, Unlike Giratina, it resists charm. It has really uh, interesting sort of bait-dependent wins. It has really good closing power with Shadow Ball and even Focus Blast against Steel types. It has Shadow Punch, obviously, with Shadow Claw. That's a really good combination there. So, you know, it's a, it's a spice. I mean, you're going to see content out there from people using it. It's a slightly bulkier Haunter in the great league. So in anybody that's running, I mean, you can get me on this rant and I'll just keep going. Right. But, uh, anybody that's looking for that rank one haunter in great league, well, why not just go for a Gengar, you know, cause it's a little yeah. bit bulkier. And don't forget about the mega. That's right. Mega evolutions. So, Gengar has it and it's really, really cool too. Yeah. Remote I rates. have spent, yeah, I've spent about the that? last probably I've I've done probably more raids in the past 24 to 36 hours than I've done this whole year if I had to guess. Yeah. Um and uh it's been really really fun. Um I don't have the hundo yet. Um but uh I heard somebody did get a hundo, is that right? Is it, who? I heard oh, it yeah, was Oh, yeah, that was uh, me. I forgot about that. Of course. Of course. No, actually, uh, I caught a boosted Hondo Curum, which is super useful. Just kidding. Right? Rest in peace, Icy Wind Curum. But, uh, yeah, I got a first, uh, the first uh, invite remote raid that I did with some staff at Ghost Stadium. And I was like, is this a Hondo? And then I appraised it. And I was like, damn. That was the first, the first one I did, so. Pretty happy about that. You just have all the luck, don't you? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've got uh, one thing I will point out. We do have a new channel in the stadium server. Um, it's called uh, Sanctioned Air Support. Um, <laughs> it is uh, it is <laughs> Sanctioned Air Support. Uh, spoofing is still forbidden. Uh, and so... Uh, this is sanctioned air support, and you can coordinate uh, all your remote raids in there with everyone from uh, that's that's a member of the stadium Discord. So uh, we are working on new features for that to make it more seamless. Um, so those will be coming soon. Um, we want to, you know, we always want to invest in uh, tools and resources to make uh, trainers experiences better and easier um, so that they can be more efficient and really just have a good time. So uh, I think we're, we're working on some development for uh, in our, you know, PVP bot, as we call it, um, that runs all of the actions inside the stadium server. So adding functionality for that, we should have that uh, at least some improvements uh, coming shortly so that you can 
uh, easily coordinate with different groups and, and different raids. Um, yeah. You know, right shout now it's... To, shout out to Chris for, for putting in that absolutely. work. I mean, immediately that feature came out. and He was uh, making channels and like throwing suggestions and just like brainstorming on how to, uh, you know, make a meaningful feature that, that's going to help people do their remote raids. Yep. Anytime you guys see something like that that happens inside there, uh, Chris, uh, my partner, he um, he's our CTO and he handles all the technical side, so all the web development, uh, our developers report to him uh, and he runs all that, so huge shout out to him. Um, Team Go Rocket, they came in and they took over for a little while. Did you have anything that stood out that you were able to either get with the new shadows that came or that you were able to TM frustration off of, uh, that you had been saving for, uh, this, this event. Yeah. So I've been hoarding shadows since the event. And before that, because the previous event I was working and the, and I was just under the assumption because of how it was marketed, I was like, okay, this is going to be like a monthly event. So I'm not sweating missing this one. And then the world went crazy. And I don't know if that's why or for whatever reason, Niantic didn't host one until recently. So I had 135 Pokemon waiting for uh, a TM. So I had plenty of TMs. And while I was doing the uh, Sylph draft, which is a whole lot of fun, the Continentals draft was streamed on their Twitch, and I was like out there TMing my uh, Shadow Pokemon. So I, I I missed the event itself, but I was able to TM the stuff that I had saved up. Awesome. Um, I know I am still looking for some Shadow Machops. I uh, don't have those yet. Um, I, I find it pretty interesting, and I don't know, you know, this is kind of a little bit of speculation. I find it interesting that they swapped up some of the team leaders shadow Pokemon and that we had Lapras and we have, uh, what is the one that cliff has it? Uh, Grimer Grimer. So I understand those two, uh, because I think Grimer and muck, uh, have, you know, obvious PVP usage. Obviously Lapras does, um, could argue that they, they both have, use in at least great league and ultra league lappers probably has use in master league as well um but pineco you know fortress you know it doesn't get a mega evolution that i'm aware of um it uh is somewhat of a middle of the road pick i would say i don't think it's shined too much in any given cup maybe rainbow cup if i remember um, you know, as a, as a hard grass counter, um, I don't even know if it was, el- was it eligible in rainbow cup? Is that what I'm, am I thinking of the right cup? I think you are, but yeah, I'm going off of memory here and you know how that, how unreliable yeah, we that know is. How that goes, especially with us, uh, brain dead dads. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, look, fortress is pretty good. It's just that there's a lot of other bug steel types at this point that are, competing for yeah. like that niche usage but well, uh, I'm th- increased I'm damage output that, from bug bite would be cool yeah and i think that this may be something that is kind of foreshadowing of 
a bug move rework. I think the next two types that desperately need some sort of rework is fire and bug. Um, and I think bug is coming, um, more than the others, uh, just because, you know, we've had the bug out event, um, recently, you know, there's still a lot of bug Pokemon coming around. There's new bug Pokemon coming into the game. Um, there's new grass Pokemon coming into the game. So maybe, you know, needing more counters to those. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I've got a couple of those. I I did not get any shadow shinies. Was really hoping to get a shadow shiny Ekans. Uh, oh, I got I one. Really, you did. Yeah, and it's actually mm. like really good IVs, but I got it after the event, so it'll have to wait, and then hopefully you yes. don't get one. Well, actually, I get. I guess their uh, team rocket is blasted off, right? So you're not even able to get one right now. Even yeah, they've, they've even blasted through it off again. This is awesome. So, uh, this actually makes me feel. I'm I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> I was really tired before starting this. Yeah, so I have a rank. I'm going to just show it to you, John. I know, like, viewers can't see it, but they'll be able to hear your tears. Uh, it's a rank 79, and it's a shiny Shadow Ekans. So it's mine, oh, and it's not uh, yours. It, it brings me joy to know that right now Arbok has absolutely no use in PvP whatsoever. So Yeah, but, you know, it'll get reworked <laughs> before you get one, so... A good time. It is a good looking shiny though, especially both of them, you know, the green on the Ekans and then the gold uh sort of amber color of the Arbok. So uh yeah, I am a little jealous of that one. But uh what I'm most jealous of is seeing the people that have already have teams of maxed out Shadow Machamps. Um Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah. A lot of the Stardust hoarders uh really flexing hard with those uh teams of six maxed out my champs and i think i saw a video of someone doing a uh absol solo uh with shadow my champs it's just insane i used to Uh, so you used to be able to solo absol but then they reworked the i guess the cp or the level of raid bosses because they made level tier four too easy uh so i actually was able to do one with normal machamp but obviously now it's it's out of reach, right? I yeah. think if I had to give any advice to to people like interested in collecting stuff for 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 the next rocket event, I'd say for sure Dratini uh, for you know Premier Cup, uh, Master League in general. Uh, same thing for Machop and uh, Snorlax is a weird one because you want it for all leagues, so as many Snorlax as you as you can. They they're going to be useful. And the uh, Pineco, Drowsy, Lapras, those are all pretty decent. The, honestly, you can't go wrong with collecting one of each shadow just so that you have something in case it's super relevant. Yeah, I agree. Um, I got uh, several shadow Laprases. Uh, I still am looking for the Machops. And I got a couple more shadow Snorlaxes. So still not one that I wanted to invest in, but you know, you never know. Uh, so I'm keeping those around for now. But uh, recently, with the Premier Cup announcement, Silpharina made the announcement that you can now run Premier Cup tournaments with teams of six. These are not weighted against Silpharina global rankings, uh, but you can run them to kind of get practice or to just have some fun. Well, uh, they are running the Premier. They are Cup. ranked. They are just not ten times oh, weighted. That's right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. 
So like, you know, you can, for the first time, I think run different, uh, like a, it's basically a themed cup in a sense. It's just the same as a, as the GBL, no legendaries, but for a league other than great league. And, right. um, the show six format definitely changes things. You can't just rely on the team that has been working well within GBL and expect it to, to perform the same because when there's a show six, uh, you know, people know what you have and they can prepare for it a lot better in terms of switches and which three that they bring in the lead. There's a whole another layer of complexity there. So, you know, definitely check it out if you're interested in a show six format for premiere. Uh, also, uh, Self Arena has announced their Phase 2 Continental Championship this weekend. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to be there on Saturday shoutcasting with King and 2 Butters. We're going to have analysts that uh, you all know, PV Poke, Alfindial, For the Battles. Uh, Latin America will be streaming with uh, names like Swagron and Sonodoman. Uh, you're going to have the European Continentals. It's going to be Zionic, though, technical. It's just going to be a, a ton of fun. APAC Continentals, too, since that's the last one I left out. But uh, I am super excited for the opportunity. I think it's going to be just a, a blast, and, and I hope to see a lot of roasting in chat because I, I like to, when I'm casting, like between rounds, I like to peek at chat and see what familiar names were roasting me. So it's just like... I, it always it warms my heart. It, AJ is fueled by haters, so uh, please bring bring all of your hater aid uh, and hate it uh, crackers, and uh, bring those into the chat uh, this weekend. I'll definitely be there, uh, working behind the scenes with just the awesome team that we have. I know we have uh, several people from Stadium, um, sort of leading that with uh, Miss Mystic. And uh, Rambling Rabbit, Cody Miles. We've got uh, our friends Taco and Nightwing assisting behind the scenes as well. Um, and of course, all the all of our friends at the Silf Arena. So, uh, just really going to be a fun time uh, this weekend. So make sure that you tune into that at Twitch.tv/SilfArena. Now, something that uh, people are some people don't want to tune into. Uh, maybe some people do, uh, is controversy. Controversy? Controversy, I say. Favoritism in PvP? What is what, what is going on? There's some big Reddit post that I heard about, um, about someone. What, what's, what's going on? <laughs> so recently... There's a Reddit thread that was posted on the Sylph Arena with some general grievances about favoritism and a dispute that went on during the phase one of Sylph Arena Continentals. And so they were talking about favoritism toward known players in the community. And so, you know, we're not here to point fingers, name names, but it is a topic that's being talked about. And so it would be weird to not even address it. The you can't find the thread anymore, so I can't link it in the show notes like I would usually, um, because it started to get populated with some pretty ugly remarks. So Self Arena did opt to shut it down. Uh, but you know the wider question here is: Is there favoritism 
in PvP. And I think, I mean, of course there's going to be some favoritism, right? There's going to be, like, you know, you secretly might root for someone to win, right? Like, your your friend. And that's going to happen from local tournaments all the way up to uh, championships and all that. But for me, at least, those examples that were listed weren't very clear-cut. Uh, definitely not egregious versions of, you know, rules being bent on purpose. And I definitely don't think that just because that that person was popular, that ruling favored them because there was many people that thought one way and then there's many people that thought the other way. Uh, did you have the chance to read that particular thread, John? Yeah, I did. Uh definitely don't want to bring up any names here because that's it's really a, a moot point uh at this time. Uh, but you know, to address some of those things, it's you know, it's like you said, there's obviously there's favoritism and the the favoritism is in to an extent of okay, there's well known players, there's players that are in the public eye that are, you know, popular because they've performed at a high level, they've been consistent. Um, you know, they produce content or they, you know, participate in content production, uh, that's out there. And so obviously they're known more than your average player. Um, and you know, there was a couple of instances where, um, you know, was mentioned, you know, a certain player, uh, was able to compete in a regionals that wasn't their, uh, local, you know, region or something like that. Um, you know, that's, that's a decision by, uh, the team that allows, you know, things like that to happen. And it's not pointing a finger at Silph arena, even it's a, you know, Hey, we want people to participate in this format. Do we see this as a valid, uh, exception to our rules or is this a circumstance where, you know, it's something that we caused or something like that. And we allow that to happen. You know, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, I don't, I don't think that's a good, good excuse or good, uh, you know, example. Um, and then there was another, um, I believe about, you know, a person arriving to a tournament late, uh, and being able to check into the tournament, uh, without being physically present, you know, obviously right now we're in a world of, you know, everything's online. Everyone's checking in, uh, to tournaments remotely because live tournaments aren't a thing anymore. Uh, but you know, sharing of check-in codes and being able to participate in tournaments that you, you know, people had already RSVP'd for, maybe they're running a little bit late, you know, uh, I get it. I get why people would be upset about it because, you know, Hey, if you don't get here on time, you're not able to compete. You know, I run when we were running local cups here in Alabama, you know, uh, I, um, you know, thankfully now, were able to, you know, reopen check-in, but there was, I think there was at least one or two instances where we had people trying to get there, but, you know, we had already waited 15 minutes, you know, and pushing 30 minutes to start the tournament. And, you know, people have schedules and things that they have to do. So we had to close check-in and begin the tournament. But, uh, you know, there's people that are going to share, you know, check-in codes. We do flash tournaments all the time inside stadium. And it never fails. We always have flash tournaments and we have people that are either banned from ghost stadium for whatever reason, 
or, you know, people that, uh, check in and, and didn't even RSVP, uh, for the tournament and things like that. So, you know, check-in codes are getting shared, obviously. Um, and they're getting shared outside of, you know, normal rules or, or things like that. So I, I don't think those are valid examples. Um, now in regards to the match, uh, that was in question, you know, we did, you know, we did our own research. We looked into, is this a repeatable glitch that someone could exploit? Um, maybe, uh, based on what I saw, I have iOS and it looked like the, you know, the video that was in question, uh, was an iOS user as well. And I know I get very, very, very frustrated when I am tapping or I'm trying to do something on my phone and it accidentally or whatever happens, it tries to change the app or it tries to close the app out. And based on the bumping that I saw occurring in the video, that's what looked to be occurring. And it does render your game uh, to lag or become, you know, unusable. I have a suggestion for you, John. Maybe you shouldn't use such a crappy software and phone. How about that? Let's, let's, let's not get started um, on the, uh, the dinky robot versus the superior iOS, but. Oh, you, you know, you mean, can, you know what? Can... I, I don't often fully agree with our friend Cody Miles, but I really liked his version of the abbreviation of iOS. He called it, he said, the I stands for inferior. That's the inferior operating system. It's really nice because all the cool features you get on Android, uh, you get them on iOS after a couple years. So we get to don't start use those much earlier and it's a good time I, i'm quite enjoying that so um we look, get to use them on uh, actual working phones <laughs> and not just just a mess of a ecosystem for devices uh that is known as the android uh device pool but anyway i couldn't, that's a I couldn't hear topic. you because you were you were Did tapping this just the, into a the app podcast? Just, just shifted a little bit <laughs> seems like your your screen blocked right there but look, just to get us back on the topic of favoritism, I wasn't really going to talk about this uh, on the podcast because I consider the the matter pretty much settled. But uh, just, you know, as an example, uh, on the opposite side of, of favoritism, um, you know, I was on the Go Team Up uh, tournament for Go Stadium. And we had a situation where there was a scheduling conflict. And so from my team's point of view, we, uh, we were, uh, I don't know, more in the right, suppose, for a given ruling. And, you know, the judges looked at that, and I know all of the judges, right? And I was obviously not involved in the, you know, judging of the appeal process because that would not be appropriate, right? But they came to a conclusion that was least favorable for us and I was you know I'm still upset about it to some extent and I don't agree with it but if there is ever going to be an instance of favoritism it would be in favor of you know one of your fellow moderators it would be in in favor of one of your fellow teammates and I do think that translates generally in the community there's going to be outliers in general but I just think that pointing to such specific cases and particularly those cases, 
is not necessarily demonstrative of a pattern. And I think just what we need to remind ourselves is that everybody's just trying to do their best. That's all. Everybody is trying to, um, you know, run a fair tournament that's going to be enjoyable for everybody. And sometimes calls are going to be made that you agree with. And sometimes calls are going to be made that you disagree with. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of my opinion on it. And I think there was some productive discussion in parts of that thread. And I can't credit the user that uh, brought it up specifically because I can't find the thread anymore. But, uh, it was an interesting idea was that, you know, if you have a dispute, you could allow a standard of two rematches per player per tournament. So let's just suppose that uh, John and I have a dispute in round one of a tournament and, um, you know, I'm, I bring the dispute up and I'm denied that rematch, right? And the win goes to John in that case. Um, I would know I should not no, not be available or not eligible for any further disputes after that, right? So like you know, getting a dispute denied, or maybe you get like one, and then you get another, but after that you don't get any, right? Um, but if, for example, you're having like a really laggy day and Pokemon Go is just not working for several people, right? And you get a dispute and it, it rules in your favor, and then you get another dispute, and it rules in your favor, you've technically reached the maximum of two rematches allowed, but because they both ruled in your favor, then you get one extra. I don't know. Like I think that would be an interesting way to value people that are being honest and just having issues with the game without you know having the ability to totally game the system. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's very interesting. You know, I... It's very similar to football. I know you're not a uh, a big sports fan. Well, but, it's funny uh, that you mentioned that because they were using football analogies uh, in explaining it, and obviously I oh, can't really? even regurg- pretend to regurgitate them. So uh, the two people that I've explained that, uh, I've paraphrased that sort of uh, new standard for rematches, they've, they've immediately talked about football. So Yeah, so, you know, in... In American football, you get what are known as challenges. Um, basically, you can say, hey, I, I think that the ruling that was made on the field by the, the judges that are on the field that are watching it happen, such as, you know, if a fumble happens or an interception happens or, you know, even the position of the ball happens that you want to dispute, you can throw your challenge flag, basically, and that triggers them to go to a video review. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of similar, um, that you would mention that and, you know, having the potential of those are limited. So especially, uh, you know, if you're, if you throw a challenge flag and you, you are not rewarded or or your challenge is not correct, you get penalized, you get a, a timeout taken away. And I don't know what that would be for PVP. I don't know if, you know, it would be a, something where you get penalized if you're if you're not rewarded with a rematch or something of that nature but uh i think that's definitely the start of a good conversation that could happen though uh to make sure that people are not just saying you know well i want a rematch because you know i thought you know this 
you know, I had a little bit of lag, even though I know that this match is going to end up being the same, you know, outcome or something like that. Yeah. I um, think like, yeah. I mean, generally if two rematches in a, like a seven round tournament, well, okay, fine. But after that, you're not allowed unless you've, you know, you've been granted both of them. Like if you, if you're asking for a rematch and the judges rule against you, most likely you're asking, you're either, you know, failing to identify what is a legitimate reason to ask for a rematch or in the worst case, you're trying to game the system, right? And in both cases, you want to sort of prevent people from clogging things up. So I think the Sylph Arena, um, you know, is there, they are doing their best and it is a pretty massive undertaking to standardize the high amount of tournament organizers that there are and you know if you if you have this really restrictive um, quality of training for tournament organizers you inevitably will decrease the amount of tournaments available so that is something for them to think about i know that the tournament organizer training is something that was tossed around in that thread too so I mean there was a lot of good stuff in that thread, but there was also just a lot of a lot of negativity. So I know I'm I'm one for you know teasing and, and, and joking about negativity and stuff, but I don't know. It it is a topic worth talking about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you know, we're not an exception to this at all. We've had, you know, disagreements with the Silferina from, you know, stadium tournaments. Um, even outside of tournaments, just general disagreements about how maybe things are handled. You know, I've had several uh, instances where we've had some disagreements on how things were processed or, you know, different things. I won't get into too much detail there. Uh, But, you know, eventually, you know, we came to a place where we, you know, found middle ground, you know, certain things were done um, that, some people didn't agree with some people did agree with. Um, but you know, all in all, you know, we wouldn't even be talking about this if, you know, the Silferino wasn't there. They didn't have this outlet, uh, for people, uh, to have in this game. You know, we had Silferina, you know, before we had GBL. And I think a lot of people forget that sometimes, um, you know, there's, there's definitely, you know, tension, uh, it's, it's high stress, um, you know, all over and that it shouldn't be that way in the game. Obviously people get very, uh, emotional and very, um, you know, invested in performing at a high level in this game. And they should be, you know, these are, you know, prestigious moments. They're things that are to be sought after. And there's a reason why people do this. Uh, but let's make sure that when we are doing this, you know, we say build the community. When you are doing these things, keep that in mind. Keep in mind that you are a trainer, just like the trainer across from you. Um, you know, we're not at tables, you know, we're not in front of each other anymore, but we're still a community, even though we're all at home right now, uh, or, you know, in our own, uh, areas and different ways, uh, communicating and participating in these tournaments, uh, across the way. And I, I think that's part of the problem is we've got 
uh, all of this tension that's going on in the world right now, people are on edge. You know, there's uncertainty with everything that's going on in the world, but let's remember what's important. Um, we're all here because we love this game. We're all here because we love Pokemon. And so, you know, keep that in mind. Let this be, you know, as, as much of a de-stress, uh, outlet for you as it can be. Um, you know, and if you want to perform at the highest level, you know, do that. Uh, but, but make sure that you, you focus on being the best that you can be. Um, you know, you want to be the very best that includes, you know, a lot of, you know, general kindness and good sportsmanship to your other trainers, uh, and things like that. So, uh, if, if you expect it, I think you should give it back, you know, and that, that's kind of where I stand on that. So I'll get off my my soapbox now. Well, it's a good time What's to get next, off your AJ? It's a good time to get off your soap soapbox, John, because we have a, another coach corner with Caleb Pang, and he's going to be talking about some really awesome strategies that's that have been working with for him in Master League, and specifically, I believe, in the Premier Cup. How dare you? Nobody puts Caleb in a corner. Nobody. <laughs> well, he's really good at working himself out of corners. So let's see. True. Let's uh, let's throw it to Caleb. Hi, everyone. My name is Caleb Pang, and I am one of the coaches at Ghost Stadium. I am also a YouTuber and content creator, and I'm here to share with you my thoughts on Master League and Premier Cup. And so in general, I think both leagues are definitely a little bit more interesting than past iterations of Master League. And so if I were to pick top threes of both for Pokemon in them, I would say that uh, Dialga, Groudon, and Kyogre are probably my top three for Master League. And so despite Groudon being a check to Dialga, Dialga is still very strong in Master League. And at the end of the day, you added a few extra dragons like Palkia and Zekrom, and those are going to lose to Dialga as well. Um, Groudon is just a great check to the steals, especially Melmetal. Um, having Fire Punch makes it a lot more viable, and you have bait options in situations where you need to land the Earthquake to win. And then it pretty much makes certain Pokemon like Heatran just even harder to use than it used to be. Um, and then Kyogre is actually a great check to a lot of the Pokemon that are now around in the meta such as Groudon. Um, you're seeing a lot more Togekiss because Togekiss is great against Groudon as well. And Kyogre can really force, um, it could really win that matchup or force the opponent to double shield in order to win it. Um, and then Kyogre does pretty well against Melmetal as well. Again, similar situation as Togekiss, you can either win the matchup in zero or one uh, shields, but if they want to really win that matchup, they're going to have to expend both shields to win it. And so that's not a bad situation for Kyogre to uh, be in. And overall, I think the three of those are very strong within the meta. Uh, of course, you got some additional picks now like Zekrom and Palkia making appearance as well. And um, they definitely do diversify Master League a bit more. So overall, I think Master League is definitely a little bit more fun than it used to be because you see a little more variety of picks. Um, but in terms of Premier Cup, I think Premier has been a great and refreshing new look at Master League and what it can provide. So I would say in Premier Cup, the top three picks would probably be for me, Dragonite, Metagross, and Magnezone. And Dragonite just pretty much wins a lot of matchups that it shouldn't through just powering through even 
when Dragon Breath and Dragon Image is resisted, uh, Dragonite could really force through a lot of those matchups, especially with shields up. Um, really, it struggles obviously against you know Togekiss and Gardevoir if you see any of those. But outside of that, even against the Steels, it does actually pretty well. And um, Dragonite could actually beat Metagross in all even shields unless the Metagross is best buddied and 100% IVs or at least has 15, uh, 15 stamina. And it barely wins in the two shield situation there. So, um, yeah, that just shows you how strong Dragonite is, even though Metagross, you would think, is a Dragonite counter. Metagross in general is a very hard hitting Pokemon. Obviously, checks Togekiss really well. So, the core of Dragonite and Metagross is a really strong pairing that I think a lot of people utilize very well. And I personally have as well. And Metagross. In Master League, it just hits super hard. Um, even when Meteor Mash is resisted, it does quite a bit of damage to Pokemon like Gyarados and Swampert. So um, it definitely has a lot of play. Um, I think my least favorite part about Metagross is when you're playing Metagross in the lead and you're running into the mirror matchup on do you bait with Meteor Mash or do you just go straight Earthquake? So that's not a fun matchup, but overall, I think it's still a very strong Pokemon. And then Magnezone has probably been one of the hardest Pokemons for me to check personally because I don't have a Swamper or Garchomp in Master League. And besides those two, Magnezone can really run through a lot of teams just because the Wild Charge is very strong and quick to charge up to these days with its recent buff and they can just drop back-to-back Wild Charges. Um, even Mirror Shots is a great move to bait that could even potentially debuff your opponent's attack. And it does just really well against a lot of Pokemon in the meta. Um, it's not as good against Dragonite as Metagross is, but it's much better against a lot of other Pokemon that that Metagross just can't handle. Um, but yeah, you definitely want to watch out for Garchomps and Swampers if you're running Magnezone, because those are very hard walls to Magnezone. Um, overall, I think Premier Cup was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it a lot, especially at first because it's a very different meta and there's a lot of neutral and resisted matchups that actually make for very interesting plays. Just because someone brings in a Metagross into your Dragonite safe swap doesn't actually mean that you're going to lose it necessarily. So it kind of breaks up some of the rock, paper, scissors mentality because if you play certain things right or you save up enough energy uh, or you have a one shield advantage or so forth, you can actually flip a lot of matchups that usually you wouldn't be able to flip in kind of other metas. So that's been definitely very fun to see. Um, and I think overall, it's a little bit more affordable than regular Master League because so a lot of these Pokemon, especially like Dragonite and Magnezone, um, their pre-evolutions were generation one. So a lot of people might have acquired high IVs of those Pokemon already. Even Metagross has had a community and been around for quite a while too. So I think overall they're much more affordable and it makes it easier for people to enjoy because they know that they're not losing matchups because of IV reasons and um, they can stay competitive with everyone else. Um, but I would say overall it is getting a little bit stale after uh, going through a little bit over a week of Premier Cup, but I think down the road Mega Evolutions can potentially help that out. We still don't know what that will look like yet, but I think that would definitely diversify Premier Cup especially. Um, how it changes Master League will be very interesting as well because Mewtwo's are very, already a very strong Pokemon, so that can change a lot. But overall, I've really enjoyed uh, Master League this time around, especially compared to previous seasons. And I've personally been just running my premier team of Waterfall Gyarados with Metagross and Dragonite in the back. Um, 
Gyarados is definitely a pretty strong pick. It's not my top three for Premier, but it's still a very strong pick, especially because you have the option of running Waterfall to check some steals, uh, primarily Metagross, or you have the option of using Dragon Breath for just a hard-hitting uh, fast move, um, and it does a little better against Dragonite as well. So those are my thoughts on Premier Cup and Master League. Hopefully the next time we revisit these leagues in the future, it will be even more diverse and there'll be even uh, more interesting plays you can do with them. All right. Well, thank you, Caleb, uh, for that wonderful coach's corner. Um, If you would like to support Caleb, uh, he has coaching services currently on our Patreon at patreon.com slash ghoststadium. Uh, he, you can also find him on YouTube and his own Patreon for uh, early uh, looks into his teams that he's running. Um, so uh, find that on patreon.com slash Caleb Pang um, and also at youtube.com slash Caleb Pang. Uh, so thank you to that. Uh, we have a deep dive. Speaking of Master League, we have a deep dive this week uh, talking about. Open Master League, uh, and also some Premier Cup picks. So we've got two Pokemon this week. Who are we diving into the waters with this week? Well, that's a weird way of phrasing it because we're diving into the waters of Fire Punch Groudon for the Master League. But Oh, so, yeah. yeah. You, you don't want to go near waters with Fire Punch Groudon. Yeah. Right, but uh, I think Groudon's been a meta-defining Pokemon for Open Master League this season. Uh, Fire Punch made it much more, um, you know, it, you you can you can manage energy a little bit better with it. It's not uh, totally dependent on its nuke moves, so it, it's it's good in the closing. It has play when shields are up. And it's got the same stats as Kyogre, and it's number two on PV Poke ranking. So it is very good. And uh, it's a great counter to Dialga, which is sorely needed. It beats the Steel types. And, um, you know, basically what I did for this deep dive is I tried to compare it to Landorus, Melmetal, uh, Old Groudon, so uh, without Fire Punch. And then Rhyperior. And so sort of the approach to that is things that check Dialga but have different roles within the meta. And uh, I I think you're going to agree with me by the end of this that Groudon is worthy of an elite charge TM. Because, you know, you kind of do want those really good stats because it's a big investment. Uh, In in terms of how I, uh, you know, found this data i'm obviously using pv poke and you know using groudon myself in open master league a quick briefing on how to use the matrix simulator so what you do you go on pv poke dot com obviously slash battle and then you click on the tab for the appropriate league so in this case it'll be master league and then there's another tab where it says single battle you just drop it to matrix battle And so in Matrix Battle, you can add Pokemon specifically. You can change the IVs. uh, You can make it a best buddy. You can remove the best buddy, and you can compare all kinds of stats. Or you can hit the little import slash export button. And so if you do that, you can copy and paste a, um, 
code, I guess is the best way to put it. Like a, just a copy and paste. So anyway, I attached a paste bin for you guys, for your convenience. You can just find it in the show notes and you'll be able to see the different Pokemon that I'm comparing Fire Punch Groudon to. Um, I'm using Landorus, as mentioned, uh, Rhyperior, Melmetal, and then different versions of Groudon. So uh, to determine whether the best buddy matters, whether uh, 15 attack or whether, uh, you know, there's certain bulk points within 14 and 13 IVs. In terms of what I'm comparing it to, on the other side in the Matrix battle, you can uh, have a quick fill option. And so there's a little drop-down menu where you can uh, pre-select Master League meta. So that's what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, I went no shields, one shield, and two shields for the even shield. So that's kind of where I'm getting the information from. And what it comes down to, uh, shields down, old Groudon functions very, very similar to Fire Punch Groudon. You're almost never going to be throwing Fire Punch's shields down unless it's one of those down-to-the-wire moments where you need to get to the first charge move available just to take the po- the last Pokemon out, right? It's uh, a little bit worse, actually, against Togekiss, so there's that, because uh, old Groudon was normally running Fire Blast, but it's a little bit better against Garchomp, right? So, I don't know. Pick your poison there. I think, generally speaking, um, nobody's going to want to run old Groudon just because they have a marginally better but still losing Togekiss matchup zero shields. In terms of the one shield, I'd say it picks up a bait-dependent win against Giratina, both the both forms. So I don't know if you've ever played this, John, but um, if you're in the lead against the Giratina with your Groudon, you can actually win that. Even though Fire Punch is resisted, you land a stab Earthquake on those Giratinas, you can you can actually win that. Uh, Rhyperior, same thing, bait-dependent win, right? Fire Punch is resisted, but Earthquake is super effective in this case, so landing that Earthquake is huge, and same for Zekrom. The thing is with Zekrom, though, I'd caution you guys, even though it's an electric type, that Dragon Breath plus Crunch combination, it can actually edge out some very surprising wins against Groudon, so it's not as hard of a counter as you'd think. And then, of course, Fire Punch is resisted. So if they call your bluff and they don't shield a Fire Punch, that can be really, really bad. Really, really bad for you. In the two shield, it does beat Dialga straight Fire Punch. So if you're really concerned that your Dialga is going to shield, you can just go Fire Punch and you can get to them. Uh, Obviously, with uh, old Groudon, you would just straight up lose that. The worry, though, if you go straight Fire Punch and you don't charge up to the Earthquake, is that, you know, Dialga could potentially come out with a shield. They'll lose still, but they'll come out with a shield advantage. Like if they go to, like, a Draco Meteor, they force you to shield, right? So just be careful on that. I would still charge up to the Earthquake and then potentially decide to spam the Fire Punches instead. Um, You know, in the two-shield... Giratina Origin does get to straight Shadow Ball you. Uh, so there is that. Even if you bait, you're going to lose that matchup most of the time. And it is, uh, it's still dangerously close to killing with a Fire Punch. So, um, like I said, you know, if 
uh, Giratina switches in, you might be tempted to um, just go Fire Punch Baits and then hope for the best there. Um, it has a bait-dependent win against a lot of things. I mean, you got Palkia, uh, Snorlax, even Zekrom. Without Fire Punch, it would just basically always lose. So a lot of bait-dependent wins. You're going to hear that a lot with, with Groudon for sure. In terms of how it compares to other Dialga counters that we are used to from previous versions of the Master League, I think one of the most notorious counters to Dialga that we think about within the meta is Melmetal. So let's just boil it down to some pros and cons, right? So pros, I'd say it's considerably higher stats, right? Think Kyogre, super bulky, really high attack. It has a lot more closing power than Melmetal. I used Melmetal a ton in Season 1, and it sometimes sucked having it at the end shields down because you sometimes can be forced to spam Super Power or Rock Slide isn't doing enough, so Melmetal really thrived with shields up. Groudon can can thrive with, with both, right? It's much better, much, much better against ground types. It uh, straight out bulks most of them. Actually, has losing conditions against Landorus, but uh, for the most part, it's it's just a straight up better ground type. And like I said, it's devastating to have an earthquake shielded, but you have that potential for baits. So there is that. As opposed to superpower, if a superpower is shielded, uh, you know you get a debuff, and that first superpower is the one that was going to do a whole lot of damage. Uh, cons, I would say in comparison to Melmetal, it's much, much worse against flying, right? So like Togekiss actually becomes a counter, whereas Melmetal countered Togekiss quite nicely. So if you need a steel type, um, or if you need a counter to Dialga that also beats Togekiss, Groudon isn't going to be the one for you. And Melmetal has more play against Kyogre too. So um, the thing is, Groudon isn't as bad against Kyogre as you might think because Surf is a lot less hard-hitting than Earthquake, and Earthquake still hits neutral. So um, think about Groudon versus Swampert. Groudon actually beats Swampert straight Earthquake in the one shield um, because those Hydrocans are hitting super effective, but the Earthquake hits so hard for neutral damage. So I'm not trying to say that Kyogre loses to Groudon in any way, but it is one of those things where, uh, you know, in the closing, you know, you've already done some chip damage to that Kyogre. That Earthquake is going to hit a lot harder than you think. So it's pretty close. In comparison to, you know, Landorus and Rhyperior, it just straight up out bulks them in terms of stats. And um, again, just like Melmetal, you have less options against flying types. I'm wondering, John, do you already have 100% Groudon? I don't. I, uh, I've done a couple lucky trades for Groudon. Uh, I have a shiny uh, Fire Punch Groudon, but it's not even close to 100%. I think it's like 12, 13, 13 or something like that. So I'm probably not going to use it again. I just... I don't feel like investing the Stardust, even with the Lucky um, and Candy, you know, as well. Um, you know, it's almost 
not even worth it to power them up until you get the hundo in my opinion uh so no i don't have one yet uh but honestly i've done i don't think i've done any open master league this whole time i think i've played around in premier cup this whole time so i haven't well, really interesting. been able to use groudon but uh i understand that uh for one that you need to best buddy it if you're going to use it um well, well will- actually that's a kind of a misconception oh really uh, you don't yeah you don't so first of all best buddy or not best buddy the biggest biggest difference is going to be the charge move tie right the C, the notable cmp right if you get into a situation where you have the same ivs the other guy's best buddied and you're not, well, obviously you're going to lose the race to the charge move, but with Groudon, there's baits, right? Uh, Earthquake is going to just do more damage than a fire punches. So that is in play as well. So a, a, a best buddy is not strictly better uh, in every case because you can only have one, right? So if you have a Dialga and a Groudon on your team, for sure, definitely best buddy the dialga because it has a very very clear win against the mirror match what i've compared is uh, a, a a slew of different ivs where it starts to make a difference uh, you know where you start to lose matchups and kind of the cutoff that i found was about 15 12 12 uh, 15 13 13 you start to lose a bait-dependent win versus Mewtwo against Ice Beam. So, like, that last Ice Beam does just enough damage to take you out versus before you were able to have a sliver of HP to get Earthquake. But to be honest with you, nobody's running Ice Beam on their Mewtwo. These days, it's all about Size Strike and Shadow Ball or Size Strike and Focus Blast. So, for the most part, if you want to run Groudon, and you can get it on a lucky trade. I recommend 15 attack because it's always better for the mirror, but it's not 100% necessary. The only matchup that I saw that you straight up um, is better, you know, with that uh, best buddy, it is against Surf. It's such a specific thing. It's Surf Rhyperior without bait, so straight Earthquake in the one shield. And I got to be honest, there's not that many people running uh, Rhyperior nowadays in Open Master League. So my recommendation, I'd say, don't worry about Best Buddy on Groudon, but uh, Fire Punch, 100% necessary. If you're not going to run Fire Punch on Groudon, I would just say run something else. Yeah, so I just double-checked, and the shiny lucky that I had is a 14 12 15 so definitely no on that uh i have a shiny with 15 attack uh, but i was not aware that i actually have a 98 15 14 15 so i may have a candidate if i do decide uh to build one of those yeah if you were asked if you were like uh, a local asking me if this iv is good enough for a grout on and you need it on your team i would say 100 percent that 15, 14, 15 would be uh, totally competitive even in the upper rankings. You're not going to find any situations where that's going to be like a a determining factor. So 
should you best buddy or should you not best buddy? Is there any particular wins that you pick up if you do best buddy? Well, just that right period, uh, that, that surf right period is just such a specific example. But overall, I'd say don't worry about best buddy on Groudon unless you're like super, super concerned with that mirror matchup and winning those CMP ties in those specific cases. But overall, I would not. I would not best buddy because there's other Pokemon that thrive more on the best buddy boost in, in master league. So I'm looking at the notes here and I see what you have up next. You have Mr. Metagross, the bane of my existence in premier cup. Um, I have a perfect maxed out double moved. It's not best buddy yet, but it is my buddy now because I think it's worth it to best buddy it. Um, so I'm working on that, but I have not used it at all. And I looked at your second bullet point talking about the move set. And at first I thought, why in the world would anyone ever run psychic earthquake? And so today I'm doing a premier cup match and I believe I have a Snorlax in up against a Metagross. I have a, a wild charge banked uh on my on my magnazone and it's sitting in the back and he throws a psychic against my snorlax um and so i continue you know playing out that match i was able to throw an earthquake he used his last shield um and i'm counting and he has enough energy for a meteor mash or a psychic, which is what I thought his moveset was. And so I throw back in the Magnazone and I have enough to tank either one of those charge moves, but I wanted to build up to two wild charges because I would have needed two wild charges to take him out at that point, even with shields down. Did he flash cannon you? No, I know shielded because I thought he was running psychic meteor mash he was running psychic oh, earthquake so i know yeah. shielded expecting either one of those charge moves which i could have easily tanked and it was an earthquake and he one shot me and i died with a shield and lost the match so I, i'm anxious to hear about this world where we have metagross is running around without even running meteor, meteor mash when did this become a thing so Here's the thing. Some people don't have Meteor Mash. Meteor Mash is a great move. Uh, the steel typing hits a lot of a lot of targets for neutral damage. And uh, it's got stab. It comes out faster than Psychic does. So objectively speaking, Meteor Mash is definitely better than Psychic. There's some cases where you're at... There's some cases specifically like, for example, Gyarados... Uh, psychic will hit neutral versus the other two moves will be resisted. But the thing is, like, Meteor Mash is two Meteor Mash are still going to do more than one Psychic, even if it's resisted. And normally you're going to get to two, in some cases, you're going to get to two Meteor Mash before you're going to get um, to two. Well, you're going to get to two Meteor Mash but in, in cases where you wouldn't be able to get to two Psychic. And so Gyarados happens to be one of those cases. So 
I'm not recommending Psychic, but I am saying it's a viable alternative. Metagross is meta-defining within Premier Cup. Um, this is a meta where you heard it from Caleb. You're going to see Dragonite. You're going to see Metagross. You're going to see Togekiss. And Togekiss is really responding to the Garchomp and the Dragonite and so many other picks. Uh, but Metagross with energy loaded up is super threatening to everything there. So um, Psychic is a viable alternative. And, um, you know, it's not particularly helpful even shields against Machamp, but, you know, shields down, it would do a whole lot more damage, right? So there is there is some play there. Anyway, um, again, I will be posting the uh, paste bin uh, link for you to copy and paste the stuff that I'm using within the Matrix Simulator. Again, I am basically comparing uh, different forms of uh, Metagross. So I'm comparing Psychic Earthquake versus Meteor Mash Earthquake. My assumption here is you need Earthquake, by the way. Earthquake is absolutely necessary for uh, the Mirror Match, which is going to be present in a ton of teams. It's necessary for Magnazone. It's necessary for, um, you know, even like the random Electivire that you get. And it's a really good closing move in general. So uh, Earthquake is a must. Meteor Mash is a strongly recommended. Psychic is a viable alternative. We're also going to compare Best Buddy versus Non-Best Buddy. And uh, believe it or not, Shadow versus Non-Shadow. So, like I said, I already kind of went into uh, Psychic or Meteor Mash, uh, specifically. Um, and like I said, you're, the biggest concern is that there's cases where you're going to get to two Meteor Mashes, whereas otherwise the Metagross would faint if it tried to get to two Psychics, right? Um, and... That small difference might be important to you, but I still wouldn't recommend using an elite charge TM just to get Meteor Mash, and it's for a few reasons. Number one, plenty of people have it. You can still trade for it. Um, you know, they're they're out there, they're available, and they're not super valuable. Uh, December is right around the corner, and you're most likely going to be able to evolve one and get that move anyway. So I would almost recommend, you know, just getting by with, with the Psychic instead. Um, in terms of IVs, what I basically concluded was anything below 15, 13, 13, you start to lose matchups. Namely, the two shield versus Snorlax becomes a lot uh, more dicey. It's not particular to any kind of bulk point or break point it's more so that the lick damage gets just in time before like a meteor mash comes out right and so that lick damage hits for super effective and uh, you're just barely not able to survive it uh and you know should you best buddy right so like that is the question that a lot of people ask should i best buddy my metagross and unlike the Groudon, I would absolutely say yes. I think you should absolutely best buddy your Metagross. And the reason why is because 
Dragonite is a super common pick in Premier Cup. And if you best buddy a 15 attack Metagross, the bullet punch damage goes from 6 to 7. So that might not sound like a lot, but it is a huge difference because those bullet punches are very spammy and they're doing more, a lot more damage every single time that they're landing. And you have a much more comfortable win in general and you pick up the 2 shield, which is key. Normally, you lose the two shield. You'd think that Dragonite would win the two shields. Uh, Dragonite would lose the two shield scenario against a steel type, but it actually straight up wins it narrowly if it if your Metagross is not a best buddy. So consider that uh, it is pretty important, and you're just going to notice how much more damage those bullet punches are doing. So you might deprive a Dragonite from launching their final charge move which might be a game-deciding moment, right? Uh, of course, the mirror match is important, and uh, Meta Shadow Metagross is going to not have any problem reaching that uh, particular breakpoint, but there's no other breakpoints that go from like 7 to 8 on the, on the Shadow. The thing about the Shadow, though, it is it does become more frail, so there's not any major swings... Uh, for for Shadow, um, it does favor Snorlax um, a little bit, but um, if Snorlax have superpower, it actually still beats Shadow Metagross. So, um, specifically, Spark with the Best Buddy uh, goes from five damage to four if you're up against a Shadow Magnezone, which I haven't seen a lot of those in Premier Cup, but they're I'm sure they're out there. So if someone has like a 100% Shadow Magnezone, and you're running a, uh, you know, a Best Buddy Metagross, fear not, the Spark is only doing 4 damage as opposed to 5. So that uh, swings the matchup in the 1 shield, and you don't even have to bait there. So, you know, all in all, I'd say Best Buddy, yes. Uh, 15 attack, absolutely. Uh, don't go much further below... Uh, 13 defense and 13 HP because you're going to start dropping matchups. And can you run Psychic? You can, but understand that it's just going to be a suboptimal Metagross and you're kind of just using it to get by in the moment. Yeah, that's uh, really interesting. And, and I have seen Shadow Magnazone, actually someone with a Hundo, uh, 3205. They didn't have the best buddied, but it was a shadow, uh, perfect Magnazone that I saw in a match. Uh, ended up winning because, uh, I talked about, I, you know, ended up getting a, a bait with a mirror shot and, um, was able to pull that match out. Um, I'm actually not running Metagross right now. I'm running actually double Metagross counters on my team. Uh, and, you know, I've done pretty well. I've been able to climb back up from my utter despair of a tumble uh, at the end of Ultra League. Um, you know, tumbled down to the 2100s, and then uh, I'm back up uh, now, you know, having pretty good success. Uh, 4 1, 5 0s, a couple 3 2s here, uh, here and there uh, with some bad decisions on my part. Uh, but I'm running Magnus on lead, Togekiss. 
with a Snorlax safe switch uh, right now. So, uh, and by golly, if, if the Metagross gets energy and I don't have switch advantage, I, it's almost impossible uh, for me to beat it. So uh, Metagross has definitely uh, been meta defining in this first iteration of a Niantic theme cup uh, in Premier Cup. But, uh, you know, I was talking about bait-dependent wins. You've talked about bait-dependent wins. And it, you know, there's there's people out there that just don't have this knowledge and they need to know what these things mean. And I can't think of a better segue for, again, my favorite segment that we ever do, AJ's Alphabet. So are, are you ready? To teach us this week's letter, AJ, just just get it over with. Just just do it. What? No hype. You weren't excited. Yeah, just 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 do it, John. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh let's throw it to AJ's alphabet. Jump up, get down, come dance with AJ. We're moving our body to the ABCs. Dance nearby. The letter of the day, clap, clap. What's the letter? Clap, clap. What's the letter? 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 What's the letter of the day? B. It's B. What's B for, AJ? Oh my God. B is B is for bait. Um. All right, so as most of you guys know, you can teach your Pokemon up to two different charge moves in Pokemon Go, right? So very often, uh, some of these moves might have different energy requirements, right? Um, you get, uh, I don't know, some ener- some Pokemon will have a 30 energy charge move and some will have a 80 or 70 energy charge move, right? So it's going to take more fast moves to get to a specific charge move, obviously. Uh, When a player uses a lesser energy charge move as opposed to the higher energy charge move um, in order to draw the opponent's shield, that is what we refer to as baiting or bluffing, right? You're trying to get your opponent to invest a shield when it is not the appropriate move. And the classic example, the most illustrative example that comes to mind is Whiskash versus Altaria. I'm sure you've been in that, John, where you're the Altaria user and you're totally sweating bullets, right? Because the standard moveset on Whiskash is Mud Bomb and Blizzard. Mud Bomb does about 9% damage to an Altaria since it's double resisted and it costs 40 energy, right? So it takes about four to five mud shots, depending on your carryover energy, uh, to get to a mud bomb. Now, a blizzard will deliver a one-hit knockout doing 110% damage to Altaria because even though it doesn't have stab, it is a double super effective hit, and it costs 75 energy, so that's about eight to nine mud shots. So on average, about double, right? So when is it appropriate to bait? There's no real good answer to that question. I mean, that's the kind of question that 
you know, it's going to be different whether you're going up against a veteran player versus a, you know, brand new player. You kind of have to gauge what you would do if you were in the opponent's position. Um, But ultimately, it can be a little bit unpredictable because they can make mistakes, right? Uh, If an opponent has two shields, for example, on their Altaria, it would be super risky not to invest at least one where it could be a blizzard, right? Um, They don't have much to lose in just using one for that hypothetical blizzard. However, some people might think, well, obviously it's going to be a bait. I have two shields. They'd have to be insane to go straight for a blizzard. So there's some of that that play, right? Uh, There's actually some weird cases where... Uh, baiting would be with the higher energy move instead of the lower energy move. So the most illustrative case I can think of is Melmetal. So like imagine you're running a Melmetal with Superpower and Rockslide. Rockslide is 45 energy. Superpower is 40 energy. And normally you want to charge up to two Superpowers just in case. Every time you launch a Superpower, however, it does a debuff of minus one attack and defense So having the first superpower shielded can be super devastating. So that would be a case where, like, uh, Melmetal versus Dialga in Master League, you might want to throw a Rock Slide, and they shield. Rock Slide is resisted, and then you can spam the superpower. So even if they invest another shield, you're going to land at least one. So that's baiting in a nutshell. It's the idea of using the charge move that isn't going to deal the most damage just to save yourself some energy and be able to spam more charge moves down the road. Yeah, uh, baiting is is definitely something that is a critical skill uh, to learn how to do uh, in PvP. I know many times, um, you know, talking with people who who are not on the super competitive side about uh, doing those type of things and, and when to gauge uh, when and how you should bait. Uh, it's very important. And the mind games uh, that you can have uh, in these bait situations is is very, very important. I know, especially with Magnazone. Magnazone has been a, a good opportunity for me to really think about when I should bait and when I should not bait. And uh, those mirror shots being able to charge up so quickly versus the wild charges, uh, especially in the mirror match and also in the Dragonite match, especially uh, trying to guess when I can bait a shield out uh, versus sending in the wild charge uh, to get good damage. And then also, you know, it's even more risky with wild charge, you know, having the, the debuff on your defense. So, uh, it's very important to to really practice that skill and understand uh, when is a good opportunity to uh, bait those type of things. So uh, thank you, AJ, for teaching us another letter this week. We really appreciate it. We really do. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, I heard there's some interesting things that could be coming to the game. And I think that's a good opportunity for us to uh, hop on this next train and head into the station. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it.
back in the station. All right. So this is a, a shorter speculation station. I think in the previous episodes we've we've kind of done the bulk of the episode in the in the station, which we we really enjoy being here, but uh, not not too much today. You know, Shadow Mewtwo assets have been added to the game according to Pokeminers. So that might not sound like a big deal, right? Uh, Mewtwo is already a hard-hitting Pokemon, so it would hit even harder in Master League. But guess what? It would be the only way to get a Mewtwo in Great League. It's otherwise unavailable. Even if it was found in Research, Mewtwo wouldn't even... um, The CP wouldn't be low enough for Great League. So, hey, maybe this is a good opportunity for some Great League Mewtwo. What do you think about that? Uh, any any time that you can use Mewtwo, I think is a good opportunity. Um, Mewtwo is obviously one of the most powerful Pokemon uh, in the game. Period. Um, so I think that's that's definitely uh, a good addition. And Shadow, sh- I mean, do we even dare Shadow Mega Mewtwo? I mean, that's Oof. just utter insanity. So let's just compare, let, you know, just for funsies, right? Let's compare um, Mewtwo versus Haunter in Great League. Uh, Mewtwo, because of its super high attack stat, would be very comparable, but Haunter is still a little bit more frail. But, um, you know, Haunter would have 163 attack, 87 defense, and 96 stamina. Versus Mewtwo would be about 147 attack, 94 defense, and 108 stamina. So very, very close there. Um, a confusion Mewtwo would certainly hit very hard. Uh, you could charge up a little bit faster with Psycho Cut, so there's that. I think because things are so frail in Great League, you would prefer to run confusion. Um, obviously, these are just the stats for Shadow, so... Um, or for a normal Mewtwo, so Shadow would be much closer to Hunter in that respect. Um, the problem that I see with Mewtwo, uh, to be honest, is that Side Strike is 45 energy and Shadow Ball is 55, versus something like Hunter, Shadow Punch is 35 energy. And that might not sound like a big difference, right? 10 energy, but it really is. When things are that frail, they really tend to need a low energy charge move and more often than not 45 doesn't quite cut it. So I think Mewtwo is going to be more of a cheese pick in great league. And you're going to really want to hope that you get a high IV one for master league, because I think that's where it's still going to thrive in my opinion. I mean, I saw some crazy numbers. I know, um, PV poke, uh, has been doing some calculations on potential CP values and stats uh, based on what we know about the game and how CP is calculated. And, I mean, you're talking Mega Mewtwo's 5,000 CP. And just imagine Shadow with the attack buff uh, on that. I mean, just utter insanity. But Something even more insane got announced today. We saw the stats added 
for Victini's signature move, V Create. Now get this. PVE is going to be 90 power, 33 energy, 2.8 seconds to get to a charge move. Now PVP, 100 power, 40 energy. However, there is an attack and defense state stage debuff of minus three, which is the first of its kind to have a three stage debuff. And that's a hundred percent every time you use it. So you're talking, you can charge up two and a half of these and then throw them, but you're literally going to be just absolutely tanking your stats and in order to use this move. And I don't know when I saw this, I was just like, it, it made me think of in mortal Kombat where, you know, it's just like last ditch effort, finish him, finish him. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know, uh, how this is going to fit in. What, what do you think? Are we going to see this in great league, master league, ultra league? Where is this going to be useful? I mean, it's a, it's a fire type move. Um, so it's just, you know, destroying, uh, steel types and things like that. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this move? I mean, it's not that big of a deal when you compare it to blast burn, right? So like blast burn is 110 and it's 50 energy comes out relatively quickly and there's no debuff. Um, uh, you look at, uh, I don't know, other un- other 100 power energy moves, you, or uh, 100, well, geez, 100 power uh, moves. You got, uh, I don't know, Aurisphere, uh, Dig, Frenzy Plant. So they, they do exist. Frenzy Plant is 45 energy, so it gets a little bit closer to Frenzy Plant territory, but Frenzy Plant also doesn't give you a three-stage debuff for your attack and defense. My opinion is that the that debuff specifically is a little much, and I think it's going to be changed to like one or two at most. So it's going to play very similar to Wild Charge or Close Combat, and it's going to depend a little bit on what other moves Victini ends up running. So are you excited to catch your Pokedex Victini? Do you think it's going to be a shift, put a shift into any of the, the metas right now, whether it be GBL, I think, you know, we could, you can easily say it could have its niche in a restricted meta, but I think in the open, uh, metas, do you see it uh, making any waves? I don't, I don't think so. I think it's going to be, again, you use the word niche. That's what it's going to end up being. It's a psychic fire type. We've talked about it before. Same, same, uh, stats, as Jirachi or Mew, and because it's a mythical, you're probably only going to get one, and it's a mythical that is more in line with like Mew and and Celebi and the rest. So I don't know. I think it might be interesting, but I have a feeling that it's going to be a confusion user or something like that. Interesting. Uh, I you know I said last episode. I I really hope that uh, they give it something fast charging, uh, for a fast move. I would love to see shadow claw on it. It just, 
it really goes with the aesthetic of the design of that Pokemon. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm excited to catch it. Does it, uh, does it learn Shadow Claw? In, in I, I don't think series? I don't think it's in the game file right now, but you know it's a uh, it's a hope. shadow ball, yeah, yeah. a shadow ball. So it, it's more of a hope than a uh, than a certainty, um, and uh, we'll see. But uh, I'm I'm really excited for GoFest. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more on the next episode as we get closer to it. Only a couple weeks away, uh, so hopefully we can uh, wake up from our slumber and. Uh, put out another episode before go fest uh but we'll see <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh, I, I it was funny because i i mentioned to you the other days hey what do you think about running this show on a on a bi-weekly basis since we're kind of doing that anyway and you say well most podcasts they run on a weekly but then we ended up basically waiting two weeks anyway so <laughs> we get we're doing our we best can, here. guys yeah Give us a little slack. So (laughs) is there anything else you can think of that we need to cover before we wrap up this episode? No, just I hope to see all of you on Saturday. And uh, also, uh, I don't think we announced it on the podcast, but there is now a dedicated channel on Ghost Stadium Discord where you can find out about the latest podcast, but you can also give us ideas i do check in on that chat frequently if you have suggestions for the podcast or you just want to riff a little bit and talk about subjects that we bring up uh, there is some interesting discussion going on about uh, previous uh, talks like the whole spoofer uh, reintegrations of spoofer into the com- spoofers into the community so anyway it's a, a stadium dash chat stadium cast dash chat and you can also sign up for roles for the episodes if you don't get notifications from your podcast apps. Yeah, so um, we we definitely want your feedback there. Uh, if you want to just swing by and tell AJ he's a butt, you know, that's understandable. That's what the channel's for. So please, please do that. Um, you know, give us ideas of things that you want to see uh, in the in the episodes. Yes, things that they want to see. They can see them, AJ. They don't have to just hear them. They can visualize the podcast. They can visualize these things. They can see them. But anyways, uh, no, we we do want your feedback there. And, um, you know, you mentioned the the reintegration of spoofers. Uh, We are working on uh, sort of a feedback or survey uh, that we're going to be uh, getting out to the community. Uh, because we do want that feedback uh, and it's not only just for the podcast, but uh, that's a real issue uh, that we think needs to be tackled. Uh, and, you know, there's no better people to tackle that than uh, all the fantastic people in our community. So um, I do have some exciting news. Are you ready for this? All right, let's go. What do you got? So tomorrow, as we're recording this now, it is ready. It will be announced tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to this, it has probably already been announced, but we do have a new rank checker, um, the PVP IV spread tool uh, that we've had for the longest time on our old website. Uh, the ghoststadium.club uh, URL has now moved to stadiumgaming.gg. 
And not only do we have our traditional rank checker, we have three completely uh, new rank checker tools that you can use. We have one that's uh, very similar to our traditional style uh, rank checker with some new functionality and also better performance uh, for getting those ranks much, much faster um, without having to use a, a third-party application or anything like that. Um, we also have a new ranking comparison resource tool where you can put in your Pokemon and the IVs, uh, put in your IV floor, and it will tell you the stats across all three leagues uh, and also the comparison against the rank one and those stats so that you can make uh, a determination as to what you would like to you know, rename or potentially evolve into or power up to um, so that you know, you know, is this going to be more useful in Great League, Ultra League, uh, or Master League? Uh, and then we also have, we've had several requests before of, hey, I want to be able to print out uh, more than just the top 25. Um, so we now have a full Ivy ranking page that will give you a table that's exportable or printable of up to 100 uh, ranks, the top 100 ranks. And you can run those and print those out. Uh, I know some people have requested that before. Uh, so we have that feature. Uh, want to give a big thank you to obviously Chris, um, our CTO, uh, who's running, uh, that side of things, uh, Titan and Travis are developers and all of our staff and patrons for, uh, testing out those new features, uh, that we're rolling out. So, uh, and, and we're not stopping there. We've got a lot of new things, uh, that are coming, uh, to the website and to the stadium. Uh, so please be sure to follow us on social media, uh, Twitter at Go Stadium PVP. Uh, you can also find everything you need to know on our website at stadiumgaming.gg. So oh, it's 11.35, AJ. Is your wife still up? She's right here. I don't know. She's a trooper. She's just waiting for you to say something so she can smack you, I'm sure. That's right. Yeah, I got to I got to stay in line right now. Mine's sound asleep, but it's probably because uh our our daughter is not kicking her uh as much and and bothering her as much. You're you're getting pretty close there. Um Yeah. I um, think we're beating you to the race. It's a it's a tight race, but I think uh He always has to a beat me. Bit of a, he always has lead. to beat me at everything. I don't, well, I don't understand. You have to copy me and everything. So, copy. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I said my wife's pregnant, and then, oh, suddenly your wife's pregnant. So, you know, find something original to do, John. Well, you got me, AJ. I yeah. try and copy AJ at everything. Uh, I will <laughs> tell you. I will tell you this, and I know you'll enjoy this. But my wife came up to me. I was being a bit of a uh, hard to deal with the other day. And she said, um, I think you guys need to have a new topic in the speculation station. And that topic is, is AJ the butt or is it really JR Honda who is the butt? Because oh, I was being a, we need to I was get being a little bit of a, 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 a dork and being mean and, and, and anger, angry, uh, at little things. So. Uh, she called me a butt the other day, and she said, "I, wait, I don't wait. know that AJ's you the butt." Were, you were getting angry at little things. Yeah, that's impossible. Was, 
That's impossible. <laughs> Don't really? don't allude to don't allude to my many shortcomings, AJ, that you know about and other people don't. <laughs> oh me. But no, she picked at me about that and she did it again before I recorded tonight. And she said, I think I think we need to investigate whether JR Honda is the real butt. Um yeah, so. that's a good I would fund that investigation. And <laughs> I bet you maybe, would maybe would you assign special counsel. <laughs> Should uh should uh Heather and Casey lead that investigation? Well, they're my fans, so ultimately they're gonna stay loyal to that particular <laughs> meme. But with enough traction, maybe the consensus from the community will be to redirect the butt stuff to you. But honestly I, I don't want any butt stuff, please. Yeah. Um I beg of you, no butt stuff, no butt stuff sent my way, please. Honestly, uh, I'm I'm surprised uh, Alfindial with all the uh, butt yeah, stuff yeah. he has Every, in his Twitch. Look, you know look, why? Why can't he be a butt? Ken loves butts. Everybody go to Twitch.tv/Alfindial. Put all your butt stuff over there with him. So, uh, anyways, uh, this has been fun, but I am absolutely exhausted. So we are going to end this episode here. And we will see you guys in the next episode. See you next You're just not going to say anything? I don't know what to say. <laughs> we can well, just end all, it right there. That's all, folks. We'll see you next time. <laughs> we don't have a good outro. <laughs> <laughs>